Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the Trade Addicts podcast. Thank you and enjoy your podcast. Hey everyone, Peter Howard from the Dynasty Crossroads here. You might remember that Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies podcast and website and Patreon page um, came to the Crossroads to uh, fill in for Jake for an episode. We ended up talking at length. It turns out me and Zach can talk into the early hours if no one stops us. So we ended up with a lot more material than uh, we needed just for one show. And even the episode that I produced from it was actually longer than we normally like. I thought that was okay because in the off-season we're talking about more than one player at a time. And I thought it was a pretty good episode. But we also talked about two other players. So what I've done is cut it and turned it into a separate episode. I've left some of the original introduction in because... You know, I just want you to know who we are. And also, I mentioned the two players that we're going to mention for this brand new episode. I just didn't want anyone to start listening, hear that original introduction and think, oh, I've already heard this one before. It is actually a separate episode with me and Zach talking about two entirely different players. So enjoy, have fun. Thanks for checking us out again. And I will see you at the outro. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that, I, I like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and Nate on the plays, though. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here this week, and this week for the first time, hopefully not for the last time, with Tacit Assassin on Twitter. So we've got a few names, and we're going to try and see who we can run through in 30 minutes. So the names we've got, just so you know who we miss if we don't get there, is Greg Dorch, Paris Campbell, for some ungodly reason. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Hakeem Butler and Ashton Doolan. I was actually really interested in hearing what you had to say about was Greg Dorch and Butler uh, for two different reasons. One, I don't think Dorch is getting maybe enough press, and I think Butler's maybe getting too much press. <laughs> and so I was hoping you could help me with one or the other or both. I can actually combine Hakeem Butler and, and Greg Dorch because I was having an interesting conversation. Is that something... Is that what Jake also told you, as well as just tell, just say that Pete agrees with you and he'll tilt? Is that the other thing he passed? Uh, hey, on? I, li- I listen. I, I know how the game is played. 
<laughs> but but no, I, I can me. I can package Dorch and Butler together, and I'll frame it this way. Uh, I was having a conversation in a in a DM with uh, J Mike. Uh, you know, at, at J Mike Check, uh, a co-host of the Open Bar. Yeah, and and so he and he and I were kind of going back and forth because he's been dabbling in watching some tape, and he said, "What what are people seeing in Hakeem Butler?" And it's interesting because I think it, it plays with what they're not seeing in Dorch. And, and it goes back to when you're watching tape, you can't get caught in highlights. You can't get caught in watching Hakeem Butler, uh, you know, wrestle the ball away from a smaller corner and then kind of shove him off and run 30 yards for a touchdown one time and think that that's what Hakeem Butler is. So and and Butler's huge. Butler's six five. He's two twenty. He's a guy that really shows up. Uh, he's impressive, and so you know you've got this behemoth of a of a man, and you're expecting things of him. And when you see that highlight, you're like, oh yeah, this is this is Hakeem Butler. He's that he's that huge guy who goes up over people and out physicals him. If you watch enough tape on him. He's actually, one of his flaws is that he gets pushed around by corners. And he's prone to getting bumped off his routes. And what's worse is when he gets rerouted, he gives up on stuff like that. Now, the complete opposite is true with Dorch. Dorch is only 5'9", <laughs> 170 pounds. And you're thinking, ah, you know, he's, he's going to be a little guy. He's probably not going to test well. A lot of people are just going to shove him off to the side. But... He's a he's a slot receiver and he creates most of his separation with with quickness. And now we're back to the the Ashton Doolin who didn't do that. Uh, Dorch uses his footwork and his quicks, and he can get on top of a defender if a defender's backpedaling, and he eats up that cushion, and then makes the defender make commit and then goes by him, or. He can use a mixture of those quick cuts and speed changes to get a defender going one way. It's the top gun, man. Where'd he go? Where'd who go? And Dorch has gone the other way, five <laughs> yards, and he's open. And so that's not something that's particularly sexy when you're watching film. I mean, like, oh, yeah, he's quick, and he got open. He's a little tiny guy. Like, that's not something it's – not as, it's not as sexy as when Hakeem Butler goes up over two guys and makes a play because he's 6'5", and you're like, oh, wow, you know, did you see that? But, but Dorch is actually going to be the guy, to me, who's more likely to hit that floor, that, that production in the NFL – and yeah, Butler's got this ceiling where you could see him be a red zone threat and you could see him make plays. You know, you get this, the Calvin Johnson image in your head where they just throw the ball up and he goes up and gets it. Like that's, that's sexy. That's beautiful. That's telling yourself this story, but I want the guy who is going to be open because I think in this iteration of the NFL, we're seeing we're seeing a lot more quarterbacks who are used to playing seven on seven. You're seeing a lot of young quarterbacks come in who are hesitant to throw guys open. They don't make that throw to a guy like Des Bryant anymore. They don't. I mean, that was the issue hmm. with Dak Prescott. And then you saw Amari Cooper come in, who's a route runner, who gets that separation himself. And then the quarterback sees that's a guy who's open. Dorch is going to be the right. that's a guy who's open player. And I think that that. That floor 
is going to be what I'm going to gravitate for to, you know, a lot more than someone like Butler who, yeah, maybe is a home run. But I'll take five doubles over a home run any day. Yeah, I don't know. I can score a home run. <laughs> um, yeah, I can do both at the same time. Too. No, I can't. I'm not nearly that talented. But yeah, Butler. Um, but some people might say that Butler has a positive note on his profile that Paris Campbell does not, just compared to the last player. <laughs> like, he, he play, he's going to be 23, or he's 23 in August this year. Um, and that means I have to readdress everything I do, because like 99.9999% of players end in the NFL. Their entire like, college season is um, covers the ages 18 to 22. And then you've got those Cooper Cups, <laughs> who just need you to create a second graph. Um, but... He did play age 22 in college, and in that year, he got over 43% of his team's rushing yards and touchdowns, the dominator rating again, and that was above average. And one thing I have been saying lately is, um, and probably did undervalue with Ridley, because there's so few examples of um, it actually happening, as Jake fairly pointed out when we were talking about him last year, um, you have to be fairly productive young um, is um, is just, if not more impressive, than really, really productive late. But both should be valued. And over 40% at age 22 is interesting. However, looking over everything and hearing what you have to say, and what the story I'm making for myself is this guy wasn't particularly good, then became the senior on the team, and they just veteran deference to him a little bit more. And the guy is now 22 years old, probably a fairly good athlete since he's going to the NFL Combine and is just kicking the crap out of players that aren't, don't meet that criteria. That's what I think age tells us. It's If you're doing well young, you're doing it like you were saying about Greg Dortch, with more of what you can do with the ball and your feet. The older you get, the more you can start using your speed, your strength, and your knowledge of the game. All of which is valuable, but knowing what they did at 18 and 19 tells you more about what they do without those advantages, which is why I think it has some signal. And late... If you produce over this this well, it means you are dominating to such a high degree while you are at the height so far of your life. So that is also has some signal. But with Dorch, it just looks like um, like he broke out at 21 the year before. He had 21% of the teams receiving yards and touchdowns. But especially given what you said, not that I value film at all. It's one <laughs> or the other. Never consider both. But it sounds to me like he got a little senior senior difference got the ball thrown probably a lot more to him and he's just big yeah well and <laughs> he was just able to do enough yeah with it's, that. it's i'm not trying to say that that hakeem butler is bad he does he does things well but it's a very uh small skill set that he that he kind of has that translates to me to the next level in terms of he's he's good on the sideline he's good at going up and getting the ball because he's tall and he's pretty good at working against zone coverage he's pretty smart about where he can set and and present a big target to a quarterback which is nice but the things that that really translate in the nfl uh you know getting open against man getting open and being able to to make plays after the catch getting open downfield that sort of thing like all of these things that that kind of lead toward efficiency and production yeah he doesn't really do them and you have to tell yourself a story in order to make him fit that that profile of a of a wide receiver that you're looking at he he looks like he should he's big he's you know he's a, he's yeah he's got that i mean he's got that 
I mean, it's 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 almost like a, a major league baseball scout. I go back to baseball an awful lot, and I apologize, but it's like a major league baseball scout who's who's finding a pitcher who's you know six six who can throw the ball through a wall, and they don't care whether or not they he can hit the catcher let alone the backstop they just they see this and they're like oh well he's gonna be great and I think that a lot of what Hakeem Butler does is oh you know he looks like he should be great and I'm not sure that that's he's a guy that I have ranked reasonably highly on a film score but when it all shakes out he'll probably fall down my ranks because there are some guys like Dorch like Andy Isabella there there are guys that do more that I like. Right. And yeah, I think I'm just out on Butler. And, you know, to be fair to my seven audience, <laughs> um, you don't have to be. You certainly don't have to do what I say. But just the story that's coming together over what I see and the the uh, the numbers that I see, it, it just doesn't add up. Like, I will say that being looking the part can lead to opportunities, yeah. but that also leads to a lot of early excitement and then later bursts. I think the players Funchious, that associate baby. that with the ones that catch a he was pretty yeah. but <laughs> but I was more thinking like um Kevin White looks apart yeah. like every inch the player. Sometimes what I do when I'm finding a prospect like that is I just like go look at Cole Beasley <laughs> or Julian Edelman or Drew Brees or all these guys that look like regular guys who are like prolific in the NFL, or at least good in the NFL. It's like you don't actually have to be great. Uh, or look physically to be clear all of those guys like i said i i'm pretty sure all of them could outrun me in my <laughs> like <laughs> like we're talking about a different level of athlete they look like normal folk but they're not normal folk danny woodhead didn't look like a juked up athletic monster i'm pretty sure he's more athletic than anyone i've actually <laughs> met in real life <laughs> so it's a different level right but still uh, looking the park i think is that's, that's definitely where I'm drawing the line. It's like, okay, I'll find something positive with Campbell. With, well, and legitimately, people that are good at this, like Butler. Um, and like you said, you've got a high film score on him. So it could easily be wrong again. It's just, with Campbell, I kind of like your story that he was open um, and wasn't getting the ball. I kind of like that. I can, you know, value that a little bit. Butler, I, I, I'm not getting that same sense. Dorch, though, is the guy I'm actually excited about. Um, I When I first saw his profile, I was really hoping he played, like, at community college or something. <laughs> but despite desperate searching, no, no, he played for Wake Forest all three years. Yeah. Um, he, he red-shirted his age 18 season, and then he played both of the last years, age 19 and 20. He was above average on both. Twenty Broke out at 19 the first year that he played. Uh, age 20... At age 20, had 33% um, dominator rating. I'm just calling it that because I realize people are tired of me saying the whole thing. So I'm just <laughs> calling it dominator rating. Um, has a positive average in terms of what he did compared to the average of successful wide receivers that I was talking about before. I, I was just wondering about these two years. Like, uh, like if he had been at a lower conference and come in at 19, then what I'd be able to say is he got promoted before he was even <laughs> 19 years old and then still dominated. That's a Kenny Galladay yeah. thing, man. That's... That's Meredith, that's uh, Lewis, but instead he just redshirted. But still, Wake Forest isn't... Okay, it's not great, but it's not <laughs> terrible. And he did really well. Like, his his numbers, like... Um, the only reason I think he's not, like, mentioned every time Harmon and Harry is is because of that missing year, uh, essentially. Like, you, you, I don't know what he did at 18, but I know he was damn good at, t- at 19. Um, and I get that he's a smaller guy, but I really like hearing things like he's getting open, not just being faster. Um, so that all seems positive. So uh, do you have anything else to share on me on with my Dorch love? 
<laughs> yeah, no, because I, I, I want more, man. <laughs> I need, I need more. I don't have it. <laughs> I, I, no, I think, I think you're, I think you're exactly right, and I think that that you've kind of illuminated why the metrics crowd may be a little low on him, and from a film perspective, a lot of that is. Five nine one seventy, and then okay, what's this guy gonna do? He's gonna be a slot receiver. I'm I'm okay with that. I I I like a good slot receiver. It's not okay with it. It's like you're okay but with that's someone. How, I mean, that's how the know, community is. Uh, they don't I, I, look. I, I was on an island <laughs> shouting about Cooper Cup, watching him get open and open and open, and I'm saying, look, he's gonna come in. He's gonna be a slot receiver. He's he's going to be very good. He's going to be open. And I like the guys who are going to be open because the quarterbacks throw to the guys who are going to be open. And, and that's that's what Dorch is. Dorch is a very sneaky athlete. He's technically sound, which is a beautiful thing. He gets open with quickness. He creates big separation. He's going to be a slot receiver. I, would lo- I said this on our podcast. I would love to see him in Miami where the Patriots staff just kind of moved south. They're retiring. They've got the, the former defensive coordinator is now the head coach. The former uh, receivers coach is now the offensive coordinator, which leads me to believe that they're going to utilize that slot receiver quite a lot. A place like that is going to be beautiful for Dorch. That's also good for Albert Wilson, but we're not talking about Let's, him. If we can, <laughs> take a second about size and weight and the combine, just because yeah. it's the next thing anyway. Um, I want to talk to Jake a little bit about it. I don't know if he'll talk to me about it because, you know, he's also never said I'm completely <laughs> right about something. So I'm having a great day here at the crossroads. Like, I'm constantly saying, like, I got to a point where Frisco Josh was saying, you're even worse about this than I am, <laughs> which, which I don't know if that's a good thing. Uh, like, you're being more of a dick about something than me is not particularly a compliment. But I, I value the combine and I value... Why would you ignore right. information? Mostly what we do from the metrics, you know, while we're in your room and you're in your guys' room, you know, not right. talking to each other, um, is um, look for thresholds. Because that's what we can say about um, height and weight and speed. Like, there's never been a running back over 4'7 that's had a top 24 season and so on. And and it used to be 4'6, but then someone did it. And it used to be you never have a wide receiver under 175 centimeters or whatever it is here in America. <laughs> I have to and... do some conversion. I don't, <laughs> I don't speak Kentucky. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's had a top 12 season. Um, but the thing is, every now and again, there's a guy who's done it. And the thing all, most of the productive players in college have is they were good in college as well, right? That makes sense to right, me right. like if you were good in college if you're good in the nfl you're probably pretty good in college and that's just why productions always seem like a logical thing and when i looked and tested it seems to have this signal and so for me what it is is if the production's good but they don't meet those thresholds just lean on the production the question for me isn't are they big enough to get a thousand yards it's if they got a thousand yards or raw yardage count doesn't matter but just go with me for a second damn it people um <laughs> If they got good production at a uh, hundred and sixty-five centimeters, or you know, five foot nine, then it's what they do with what they have, not what they have. If you know what I mean, because there's always yeah. going to be outliers to those thresholds. But production has more of a signal, which means you know, Odo Beckham shouldn't be discounted because of his height, because he was really productive. But I get the point. The NFL, you know, the NFL is like any, nothing else. Like uh, English sport doesn't really compare to American sport in a variety of different ways. But even in American sport, um, I can't think of anywhere else that, you know, they're trying to develop a minor league system. But literally the best players they can find 
with the best talent set and the best skill set all end up in the NFL because that's the only place to go. You, there's no other sport, job, maybe NASA. <laughs> this is the only one I can think of <laughs> where you don't just compete against the best of the best. You compete against the guys who kick the crap out of the best of the best and didn't break a sweat doing it. Like everyone talks about if a college team could beat the Buffalo Bills and maybe the best college uh, team could, but an, just an no. average uh, college team, like the guys who were kicking the crap out of the guys in college are struggling on the bills. It's just, it's almost a different universe in terms of ability. Even the bad players in the NFL are really very great, <laughs> probably, yes. Uh, yes. compared to most of the players. It's just, so I understand that being small, I think we've seen enough outliers to know that if a player is just good while being small, they're just good. Like, Jake probably says it better with Philip Lindsay. He's just always been an outlier based on size. And so why would you bet against that not happening again? And that worked out. Sometimes it won't. But if they're mm. really good in college, that's what I care about more. Now, like, does that mesh with what you're saying? Or, like, as a film guy, like, are you watching the Combine and going, this is more important than those me those geeky metrics people, what they said? No, 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 no. The, the Combine, to me, is we get an official height, an official weight for Kyle's cheat sheet. Thank and you. He can, yes. plug in. He, can, he can plug in and, and find the BMI, and, and that's exciting. And maybe we get, like, functional speed. But really, when are you ever going to line up and run 40 yards straight out of a, you know, a three-point stand? Like, all of this stuff, it's great. Like, you can see physical tools. It's nice to – there may be a guy who you didn't watch, and you see this athleticism. Uh, it's also nice for me a little bit with – uh, slot receivers to kind of reinforce what I'm seeing because a, a sub seven second three cone says, yeah, you remember when you said he had short area quickness and he makes those quick breaks and gets open. Well, that's why right. like it's, it's just kind of reinforcing things, but the combine is not going to change my rankings. What's going to change my rankings is looking at the, the things that you do, the things that <laughs> Kyle does, the things that George Criticos does, the things that Josh Hermsmeyer does, all, all of the metrics community where they say, okay, I'm seeing this thing, and then I can go back and say, oh, shit, I didn't see that. Now I need to figure out whether I missed something or whether what you're measuring is different than what's right. actually going on. Because I think that happens too sometimes. I mean, you kind of have to set parameters for your numbers or what What are you returning? You, you know, you don't know what what what's the value if you don't have a, an idea of what you're trying to return. And so I think that there's an equal chance that I miss, well, it's probably a bigger chance that I miss something than there is that the numbers miss something. But I think there's a chance that either one missed. And so if we don't jive, I'll go back and look and say, okay, this is what I saw. This is what the numbers are saying. Did I miss something? And I'll go back and, and watch tape again. But it's not because of the combine. It's because of what you're doing. And then the really, the, the biggest reference point we have from now and probably the most predictive of anything that we're doing, probably all this is for nothing, the NFL draft is the money that they put in and the capital that they spent in picks which really determines, to a large extent, opportunity, which again yields production. Because if you're not on the field and you're not getting the ball, it's really hard to score fantasy points. And there are things that, like, uh, for running backs, there are some guys who don't get thrown the ball. 
And watching them run the gauntlet is nice to see if they're a natural hands catcher, but it also doesn't take away the fact that they were only throwing the ball 12 times during the year, and the NFL is looking at their college tape, and they're looking... I think the NFL is dumb enough that they're looking at the counting stats and saying, (laughs) hey, uh, this guy only caught 12 passes, so he's not a pass catcher. We're going to run the ball with him. I I think Nick Chubb falls into that. I think everyone last year was like, oh, Nick Chubb can catch the ball. I'm not saying Nick Chubb can't catch the ball. I'm saying Nick Chubb (laughs) hasn't caught the ball, and so the NFL is not going to make the the leap from – Nick Chubb had a career high of 17 catches in a season to we're going to throw him the ball 70 times. I mean, that just doesn't happen. The only time I can think of that happening is Carlos Hyde. And it was when Shanahan went there and he was like, Oh, I don't have any other running back. Uh, all right. We're going to, th- we're going to throw the ball 88 times to Carlos Hyde. Like that's the only time I can think of that happening. Yeah. Um, I think maybe even I'm on a little unfair with about the NFL evaluation process because it's fun. But um, <laughs> but I, I think you, yeah, that's exactly what I say. I'm still gonna watch. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna watch. It's it's. That's what I was gonna say. The thing about the combine is like like I did a lot of different sports, but the combine is the most like the sports that I have done. If you know what I mean, yep. I enjoy the hell out of the combine. <laughs> like, yep. What else? There's no games on. <laughs> <laughs> gotta watch it um so yeah i I'm, I'm glued to the tv while it's on and what i've been trying to say is like it can be a negative or it can confirm you shouldn't like john ross ran the fastest 40 time that shouldn't mean he's better like uh, yeah jake and yourself were already saying he was fast right. that was already built right. up. don't double count yeah the problem comes on if john ross goes to the combine and runs a four five you're like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> And the noise, I think, and this is why, like, you're not saying these things, so it's a hard time. Like, I'm going out my way to bring it up, but um, we're not testing what they do in a field, like you said. Athleticism matters in athletics, but, but, just athleticism carte blanche is not what each specific sport is. So, I can throw I can throw a baseball almost 90 miles an hour, which is pretty athletic. Uh, when I was in high school, I could stand under the hoop and, and yeah, go up and, right. and dunk the ball two hands without any effort. But that does not mean that I would make a good receiver. I mean, I I just it's I was athletic, but it's yeah, but it's 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 totally different. And so and there are also guys who <laughs> are smart enough to and and. I also kind of did that a little bit, but you can be smart enough to overcome the pieces where you're not as athletic. I mean, this is the Julian Edelman thing where uh, Edelman is not in a straight line faster than very many cornerbacks that he matches up against. But Edelman is quicker in a span of four yards than just about anybody in the NFL. And so when he comes up and makes that stutter and makes that hard plant, and makes a corner take that half a step to hit the opposite direction, and then bang, he's gone four yards. He's he's smart enough to have realized that that is how I win, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to win on athleticism in the, you know, I, I got a stopwatch and I'm going to measure you at a four four forty, or I'm going to stand under this, you know, the rack and jump up and, and spin the plastic around and, and jump 40 inches. Like, that's not what Edelman does. That's not what a lot of these guys does. It's not what Drew Brees does. Right. It's not what Tom Brady does. Tom Brady, <laughs> Tom Brady looks like 
Tom, yeah, Tom, I mean, Tom, Tom Brady looks like my college roommate. He's got like the pot belly. He's like pasty white. I mean, he, he comes out there and then he just the eviscerates you with his mind. And he sits there and he makes like three checkdowns in the span of like two and a half seconds and the ball's out. And all of a sudden, a defender like Aaron Donald can't even get past the line of scrimmage to get a hand on him because he's already processed all the information and got it out. So, yes, athleticism matters, but there's a whole whole lot more that also matters and again even tom brady is athletic as fuck he oh he is he but not not comparative to like if if you if you said okay we're gonna put tom brady and deshaun watson up against each other in in a like a decathlon tom brady is gonna get smoked uh the same the same thing i mean if you put brady up against josh allen brady (laughs) is gonna get smoked josh allen is so much more athletic brady would still be running the 40 yard dash and and allen would be on the the fourth leg of the decathlon like that's just like it's 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 interesting how they do it and how they all do it in different ways but it doesn't matter that like some players have multi the skill sets over all these but some don't and are still good and that's what part of the noise right i mean keenan allen can't beat half the nfl receivers um in a straight line but he can beat any corner almost any cornerback on the field deandre hopkins is a really slow guy if we're comparing them to to sprinters but he's really fast on the football field. It's uh, it's fascinating to me. It, it almost makes it more interesting, the combine more interesting. Like, all these players win in entirely different ways, even when they play the same type of wide receiver role. Like, if you're a deep ball guy like Tyree Kill, completely different yeah. athletic traits to a deep ball guy like Julio Jones. Well, I mean, it, it is. It's, it's the... Functionally, it's the exact same job. It's go down the field and, and catch the ball and, and gain us yards and score touchdowns, and they both do that. But they accomplish it in, I mean, Tyreek Hill, nobody can catch him. Julio Jones is is a combination of tall and fast and puts himself in the right spot. I mean, like, it is. There are a myriad different ways to accomplish that task. And it's it's a bitch trying to figure out which guys can do it. Like, that's... <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I love talking to you, Zach. Is there anything else you want to share? You, uh, the Dynasty Dummies up to anything that we should be paying attention to lately? Yeah, we we just uh, we just threw up a Patreon account. That's uh, we're not we're not putting anything behind a paywall. We're not uh, we're not charging you for anything. You're just you're you're handing us your money out of the goodness of your heart because, <laughs> because you like us. No, we I mean, we 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 figured that this was the best way to rectify the fact that we're we're losing money on this whole endeavor, but we love it. And, and to us, we love putting things out for free because that's, uh, I feel like everybody should have uh, access to what we do if you're enjoying it. And, uh, and the only way to do that we could see feasibly was to throw up a Patreon account. But the things that we've got going right now that, don't involve uh you know the your your beneficence and and handing us uh handing us cash i've just <laughs> i just put up uh seven thousand words or so on uh rookie profiles on the dynasty dot com website uh after the combine Kyle should be rolling with the dummy cheat sheet which if if you haven't checked that out it's he's he's one of my go tos i mean i i list it's you peter and and Kyle and they're they're metrics guys I trust and you guys hit on some things that I would never have seen and so if if you're listening to this go check out Kyle's dummy cheat sheet because 
we may go by the dummy moniker, and I may be a dummy, but he's <laughs> he's very very smart, and uh, it's worth the the worth the look. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, apart from the fact, apart from the point where you asked for my money. Um, but no, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, guys, that wraps up the second show with Zach Reed. I honestly had the best time talking to him. He's one of the sharpest guys hiding behind a dummy moniker I've ever met in my life. Um, Hopefully we'll get to talk to him again at the Crossroads, but I'll always be able to check him out on the Dynasty Dummies podcast, as can you. Um, So do that, (laughs) definitely. And um, Kyle's not bad, too. Yeah, we like Kyle. Maybe he can come on someday, too. Hint, hint. Anyway, <laughs> maybe I can take a break once and Kyle can fill in for me. That, that sounds fun, actually. Um, but yeah, thanks again for coming to the Crossroads with us and we will see you again next week. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run phone, so. Jake on the one or the other. Never consider both. Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table and they on the place, though. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds. So, Jake on the table. Mostly what we do. I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Okay, it's not great. Well, here, here's, here's my, my, 